Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole world. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Sup, Powerful Nonsenses? Hello. We're back in your ear holes for episode 205 of the Powerful Nonsense Podcast. If you are joining us for the first time, I am Wayne Ingram. I am Jem Yildiz. And this is Powerful Nonsense, the Millennial so uh, we got quite a lot of stuff to get through this episode. We've got um, a story about millennials and, well, obviously about millennials. This is the millennial podcast, but about millennials <laughs> paying rent to their parents. Um, we're talking, we alluded to this a few episodes ago, so we're going to finally talk about it, about uh, millennials being willing to date robots and then also... <laughs> We're going to be talking about the fact that the doorbell may soon be a thing of the past. (laughs) (laughs) Which means... All highly relevant. Jehovah's Witnesses are (laughs) 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 f***ed. So, but first, before we get into all of that, uh, let's get into the quote of the week. So, uh, Jen, this is another recommendation from you. Another book I'm reading. Actually, not reading. On the old Audible. Signed back up. Oh, yeah. No, I've got got two credits to spend on Audible, so I don't really know what I'm going to... Go wild. I think you'd like this book. Mm. Do you think so? I think so. I'm going to hold one off for the audio book version of Crushing It. Oh, yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah. This could be the second one, then. Could be the other one. Um, So, so this is from the book uh, 12 Rules of Life, an Antidote to Chaos by Jordan... B. Peterson, uh, which we will get into in the book club at the end of the show. Uh, The quote is, Intolerance of others' views, no matter how ignorant or incoherent they may be, is not simply wrong. In a world where there is no right or wrong, it is worse. It is a sign you are embarrassingly unsophisticated or possibly dangerous. So, what are your first thoughts about that, Wayne? Obviously, it's the first time you I understand why you were it. like, read that, Gem. That's quite a tough one to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> um, I mean, you, I mean, you know my views on uh, being open-minded to other viewpoints, and I appreciate I can be very, very ranty, but I will listen to another person's opinion and I will try and understand where they're coming from and their logic, even if it doesn't appear like I am. Um, I will argue my point until somebody can kind of convince me that I'm wrong, but I am open to listening to it. I like the quote that often 
the Art of Charm, well, now the Jordan Harbinger show, um, <laughs> which we haven't talked about yet. Actually, oh, that'll yeah. be interesting conversation for me and you to have. Um, but uh, what Jordan Harbinger often uses, which is uh, argue like you're right, listen like you're wrong. That's a really good question. And I think that's just the perfect way to be when it comes to any sort of uh, conversation or opinion. Um, and I think, unfortunately... Again, I try to avoid us getting political on this show because that's not why people listen. And I, I I, just don't think we need any more political commentary at the moment. <laughs> but I think uh, part of the state of politics in the world at the minute is based off of this intolerance of other people's views. And that's why we're in such a dangerous predicament politically around the world at the moment. For sure. Yeah, no, I think it's um yeah it's an interesting one, and I think what you can see as well on YouTube nowadays, which I really like, it's like a new sort of genre of um, YouTube is people debating each other. I don't mm. know if you've kind of watched. Obviously, I get a lot of vegan videos, and so you've got vegan people debating. But also, I just like when there's this sort of platform for people to have the conversation. I do think it shows someone who's educated because it's very easy to kind of get stuck in your opinion nowadays on like facebook when the algorithm's telling you to one thing you're only seeing one type of content it's very mm. easy to get set in your ways and i think a lot of people their opinion is also their identity whereas actually yeah. a big part of learning and growing is actually being able to see things from other people's point of view it's being empathetic enough to understand where they're coming from even mm. if you don't agree with it and i think that's what makes better conversations yeah. and actually gets to the root of problems yeah and i just to kind of closing thoughts on the on the quote really i think we risk going in a very very dangerous direction at the minute where we're in a position where both sides of every argument are completely intolerant of other people's views i see it with young people a lot basically completely disregarding someone someone else's view because they don't agree with it and just kind of going, well, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, and it's an opinion. We have a freedom of speech in in the UK and other countries, and it is one of the mo it is the most valuable freedom in the world and the most important freedom in the world. I don't think we should start censoring people's opinions. Um, that's how you end up in 1984. And if you haven't watched or read 1984, I definitely suggest that you do. Um, and that might change your opinion on opinions actually um so i i check that out because we, we're treading a very dangerous line um when we start shooting people down just because the zeitgeist says that they shouldn't have that opinion <sighs> that's an, an intense start yeah. uh, uh, so let's jump straight into the story of the week So, reports are saying millennials are now paying, this is a very specific number, <laughs> £1,584 a year to live at home with mom and dad. Which I think worked out, I think it was like £132 a month. I think that's what it said. I think I remembered that somehow. Which is quite interesting because it's surprising that actually parents of millennials are saying, oh, pay anything. I know friends who don't pay anything. I know when I... Outrageous. <laughs> yeah. that's it that's the that's conversation over <laughs> um, i know when i was living at home with my mum trying to save up i was paying more than this in rent per mm -hmm. year 
So um, I think it's good. It shows that parents are at least getting something from the children that live in their home. And I think... As they should. Yeah, exactly. And it does teach, like what you were saying a few episodes ago, like it teaches a responsibility to understand getting in the habit of paying for bills. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite a low number, actually, which means that actually if millennials are are good with their money and careful with their money it means that if the average salary was it 30k in london or something like that mm-hmm. and if that's all you're spending on your parents to look after you which is probably covering all costs food heat and everything else mm-hmm. then to be honest you've got a good window of saving which is what worked for me which helped me to save for my deposit so actually it's quite interesting to see obviously not many people have this luxury and um yeah what's your what's your what's your opinions on this i mean well um I, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to reiterate what I said with the uh, the cliff notes up. with the Netflix uh, debacle oh. <laughs> a few episodes ago with parents paying for kidults Netflix bills. But um, no, I think it's right that kids are paying. I love how we're saying kids and children for millennials, aren't we? <laughs> oh God, dude! Bad, I didn't even it? notice I was doing that. I said children. And I was like, no, 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 they are proper adults, proper millennial adults. I'm definitely getting old. <laughs> oh, yeah, mil- yeah. This is millennials I'm talking about, not just kids paying for their, or children. This is actually people of yeah. our age. Do you group. know what? I think it's because I automatically went into my head. I was like, well, yeah, I was paying my mom and dad keep when I was 18. Uh, so so I automatically am yeah. um, just thinking 18 year olds ay, 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 god that's bad um, okay so millennials so people born between 80s and uh, early 80s. to mid 80s to the mid 2000s so well let's yeah okay so we could be looking at anyone from age 35 down to about 18 yeah Okay, well, look, I don't have any problem with anybody that is living with mom and dad. I think actually in this current climate, I'd, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to move in with my mom and dad. I love you to bits, but no thanks. Um, I enjoy my freedom far too much. But from a purely financial decision, I think it's a very good decision. And if you can do it, then by all means do. Um, if you want to buy a house the worst thing that you can do is rent one uh, because what you're paying on rent is probably going to be higher than what you're actually paying on a mortgage. So yeah, if you can do cliff note to that, not cliff note, little side note to that. But if you are renting, then you can still rent well, but then you're going to have to have a very high income, right? Very high. Yeah, exactly. To be making savings and renting. Um, but yeah, I mean, look at the end of the day, I'm not going to judge any parent for dictating the amount that they should pay. I actually think, I think I paid my mum and dad, I think, 20 quid a week um, when I was living there. I mean, I didn't live there paying keep for very long because I moved out when I was 18 um, before I went to uni. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of parents are... I I think so long as the parents aren't uh, giving millennials, particularly the older ones, uh, a free ride, then I think, fine, Um yeah, I, I, it's, it's hard to really have too much of an opinion on it because I think it's a good move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Stay at home if you can. Yeah. Save some money as long as your parents yeah. aren't letting you get... But then for the ride. love of God, millennials, please don't complain about how you can't get on the property ladder and how you're broke because you're out fucking going to Pret every fucking day before work. Oh, there he is. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's true. That's the thing. If you're staying at home trying to save, and then at the same time you're having this lifestyle, and you're you're coming home, you're late, pissed, you spent three hundred quid on a night out, and your parent, you go back to your parents' home, and you're moaning about it. Then there's a problem there because yeah, you're getting these savings, and your parents are going to be helping you, but actually you're part of the problem. And if that was me, and my kid was saying I'm moving home to save, and then they're acting like an idiot with their money, I would be like, okay, your rent's either going up, or you, and I'm going to save for you. Or mm-hmm. you're going to just get out and live on your own because you need to take some responsibility for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is the fine line. And <laughs> this is the fine line, right? And I think this is goes back to what we were talking about with, the, with Netflix gate um, <laughs> was this idea of, you know, so long as, as kind of what I just said a minute ago, as long as the parents aren't giving them a free ride, you know, they, if, you, if you give too much of a safety net, millennials don't learn enough. Mm-hmm. Um, about responsibility and things. And I think that's one of the big problems as a generation that people are kind of calling us up on is, yeah, but you're not taking responsibility for yourselves. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my only kind of red line with it, really. Just mm-hmm. don't don't give the kids a free... The kids. The, the kids. Adults, the the kids uh, a free ride. Cool. Um, so uh, we teased some tech news that we wanted to talk about a couple of episodes ago. Uh, we're finally going to get into it. Um, with a little bit of tech news. Twelve percent. Twelve percent. That's almost one in ten. Yeah. <laughs> that is one in ten. <laughs> that's one in twelve. One. That's, that's twelve no, in a hundred. No, it's not that's one in twelve. twelve. In 100, oh wait. Jesus God! <laughs> I told you I could. I'm got, an actor. That was never my strong point. I could have got you another T. I did say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, almost one in ten. Um, no, it is one in ten. No, it's just not. over one in ten. So it's not one in ten. It's, one it's point, almost one in ten. One point two people in ten. Yeah, so it's almost one in ten. It is one in ten. I suppose I see. Where, <laughs> I see where you're coming from. Yes, <laughs> yes, you are right. It is one in ten. But it, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> <sighs> oh, yes, I, I can't even say it's been a long day. <laughs> no, it hasn't. It's eleven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's snowing outside. I'm, bl- I'm blaming the snow. <laughs> everyone, everyone else is blaming it for everything yeah. else. So it's, the snow is fucked with my head. Um, so one in ten, over one in ten, twelve in a hundred, <laughs> twelve in a hundred millennials uh, are willing to date robots. Is that what we've got to? Do you think that's because it's kind of like they're on demand? Then you can choose when and when you do want them, when you don't. What do you think I... the psychology behind that is? Or are they just super lonely and like, you know what? I'll have you when I want. I'll turn you off when I want. Well, what do they what do they mean by date robots exactly? I mean would be my question. I don't know if that means you're gonna like bring them along to your local slug and lettuce or your Weatherspoons. <laughs> slug and lettuce. That's a pub locally. Local yeah, no, yeah, no, it is. Yeah. 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 Take, imagine you just turn up to Weatherspoon, you're just dragging, I, dragging your robot to a romantic I think if you, I think if you, I think if you are taking anyone, robots included, on a date to a slug and lettuce, I think that might explain why you might need to take a Hey, robot. I always believe that you should... I don't mind a slug and lettuce, if I was but a, it's not a dating If spot. I was someone dating, I would take the person to the worst place ever because I think it's a good Mackey's. test. It's a good test because if they can handle that, they're not with you for the date, they're with you for your actual company. Because people people do take it, which is why I've never dated. 
<laughs> but yeah, I, think I was going to say, this is talking from a guy that's this, been in a relationship, it, a steady relationship for over 12 years. Yeah, exactly. But I think in some ways it's a good test because... And I, how you old could, are you? Huh? How old are you? I'm 29. Yeah, so you haven't actually really properly dated no. ever, have you? But I think if, it, if I was, I would do a test. That would be like a test. I would love to see you. Like, I mean, I wouldn't because... I'd hate for you to break up with your missus. But um, I would love to see you on, on a, the dating scene. On a dating scene. scene. Because I don't know. I don't know whether or not you would, it would get, work or not. Yeah, I, I'm really intrigued because you're very grounded and you kind of, you understand a lot of how people tick. But Could just the completely strange thing me, yeah. about dating is it's, completely illogical a lot of the time <laughs> it's warfare out there it's completely illogical particularly at the minute with like yeah. tinder and bumble and things right so, so i'd probably, love to see you so i should probably avoid weatherspoons what you're saying <laughs> and slug and lettuce <laughs> particularly slug and lettuce i feel like weatherspoons is two more for one cocktails <laughs> on a tuesday yeah but does I that feel, not get you a good i feel like weatherspoons is more acceptable than slug and lettuce slug and lettuce is way more market than the uh weatherspoons it depends like, which weatherspoons you go to true there's some very nice weatherspoons all right the one that we went to in uh, Liverpool Street, for example. Oh, yeah. That's a very nice one. That's a very nice weather spoons. There you go, dating locations. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get here? Oh, yeah, dragging your robot to weather spoons. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are, what are they Kicking calling them? Screaming. Yeah. <laughs> when, when your robot doesn't want to go to weather spoons. Yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, not again. <laughs> Can't you just take me for an expensive drink? I don't care if the mix is a pound to double up. Just. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. <sighs> um, so what is the actual so my question was going to be what do they mean by like dating are we talking about are we talking about dating in the traditional courting sense okay, or they, are we talking dating about in the sense of we go for a drink we go home and then we this shag. is also <laughs> I don't know to talk about shagging the robot yet but they're saying deep friendship or even romantic relationship that's what they're classing as okay yeah deep friendship is classed as dating Guess that's like the borderline of almost romantic. Oh, just, yeah, it's a yeah, deep yeah, friendship. yeah. It's the kind of build up towards exactly. The, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting though that it's 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 over one in ten, mm. isn't it? That's that's a high. Yeah, but how many people in? I would like to so know. You get you get ten people our age in a room together, and odds are one, maybe even two of them. Would willingly date a robot? Would you willingly date a robot? To be honest, it's probably how the the person who done the study sold it to you. They probably like showed you this sexy robot, and then was like, "Yeah, <laughs> would you date this? Yeah, would you date this?" And be that person probably like, "Well, to be honest, Tinder ain't working for me." Yeah, probably would. <laughs> <laughs> I've been lonely for like four years. Yes, I'd nobody's probably, swiping right. Yeah, literally the robot. But I guess I guess there's um, I mean. Like with most things with our generation, we fucked up the dating thing now as well with all this Tinder and and Bumble stuff as well. It's become so it's a date has become a commodity. Mm -hmm. Like, like if I really set my mind to it, I could get a date this week. Yeah. Um, And I know I could because it's just a numbers game. It's a commodity. And so then you have to kind of question, well, a lot of the people that are dating through things like Tinder and Bumble and whatnot, why are they on those platforms? Are they on those platforms because they want a deep, meaningful connection with someone? Or are they on those platforms because they just want someone? I also read something lately that actually a lot of women, I was only aware I read this study, but it said that a lot of women do go on these dating sites because they're bored. 
and they just want to like oh i've definitely it's just like just gone so, on one of them just because yeah. i've got nothing else to do yeah. and i got some time to kill i'm like yeah. flick 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 but that's flick. what i'm saying so in that case if it's just a sort of social I, I, friendship i thing, posted something on i think you probably remember this this was a good couple of years ago now i was on facebook i was like you got to accept guys and girls that if you match with someone on tinder likelihood is you match with them whilst they're on the bog <laughs> probably but this is what i'm saying if a robot can give you again if it's from boredom and just having someone to chat to if ai gets good enough that you feel like you're having a proper conversation it's going somewhere it feels flirty mm. then maybe that's enough and maybe all right maybe it's not a robot in the sense of okay dragging your robot to weatherspoons but actually that ai ai could just be having a conversation with you that it feels connected and it's saying all the right things and there's algorithms that we know catfishes do it all the time to get somebody deep in the connection so why can't a computer robot or this because this ain't a sex robot this ain't something i don't think this is about physically taking home this is talking about ai which i think is more around the algorithms behind this learning robot that's going to mm. have a conversation so like tinder could just chuck on a algorithmic a chatbot bot, a chatbot mm. that before long you're and a beautiful picture and you're like yes i'm chatting away and mm. you could actually start to feel you're having a deep connection with that thing well i mean like one of my favorite films and i bring it up every every so often on this podcast when we start talking about ai and things one of my favorite films of all time is her with joaquin phoenix and scarlett johansson the film in which he essentially falls in love with a much more advanced version of siri um or alexa or Sorry to anyone with an echo. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, and, and and I think I can completely understand why that would happen if Siri and the like were so advanced that it was like having a natural conversation with someone. I could completely understand why that would happen. Would I say that I'd I'd be willing to date a robot? I don't know. Um, but I think if if technology got to the point where you were having casual conversation with somebody in a very human way, mm. I think it wouldn't necessarily about uh, being a willingness, but actually feeling some sort of connection, and so um, find some sort of deep. I don't necessarily want to say attraction, but yeah, just some deep connection relationship with that artificial intelligence. But it'd have to be really convincing. Ex machina, would you? Oh, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Twenty years that might be around. I mean, Alicia Vikander is a very beautiful robot. Very beautiful robot. Yeah, you'd definitely take her to those spoons. Actually, you'd take her somewhere better, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, do you know what? I hadn't thought about Ex Machina. Exactly. I'm gonna have to watch that again now. That's a sick film. That is a gr- it is a sick film in every sense of the word. Yeah. But that's um, what he's talking about, and I think it's yeah, gonna get to that level. That's a good point, and I think actually. it's gonna start with the chatbots, and I think they are gonna be just as clever. I think. We know what makes people tick. Why? I, I just think a catfish. These people are so manipulative, so great with conversation that they have like 40 people that are full deep in love with them. So who's to say that that can't be made in some sort of algorithm that makes people feel connected, people feel in love with someone they've never met before and like mm-hmm. have like married over the internet without seeing their face. So I have no doubt you're going to have like these chatbots that have fallen into relationships. I know like you're going to have these flipping um like virus not a virus but like a, a software that is literally extorting money from people because it's falling in love with thousands of people over the web and it's a mm-hmm. fake bot that's doing that but that's what her is yeah that's what well we're not kind quite not, so yeah not that but it's like it's a, not so cynical as that it just it, kind of happens yeah it's a user interface but i can see that happening in the future where you're gonna have all these people who are, haven't got time for a relationship they go home and they can sit on their computer and watch tv and swipe away and chat to someone that feels real they might not even know that person the mm. robot 
And before long, they're happily sending money, they're doing things, they're, I don't know, it's just, it could get totally out of hand, which is why I imagine that's why millennials would be up for it, because I think it's actually, I think what people are wanting is this connection, this human connection, and a lot of connection is through conversation. Actually, conversation is something that can easily be replicated. Mm. Yeah. So before we move on, um, I've got to ask you, would you be willing to date a robot? If I was a single person, I would probably be like, I'd be interested in it, but I'd know what the outcome is. I would like to, because you know you're dating a robot, it's not going to be the same. But you might be like, yeah, you know, I'll have a little conversation. I'll have, I don't know if I'd take it out. It depends how human-like and how mm-hmm. how it moves. If it moves like ex machina and it looks like that, why not? You would probably think, why not? Mm. You'll probably become some people's like little fantasy, like, oh, this is weird. I'm taking out a robot tonight. Well, that's the thing. I think that's the way it will go. When all this robotics and stuff and the AI stuff goes, I think it will be a bit fetish. Well, I mean, it is a little bit fetishized yeah. anyway with like actual sex robots and things yeah. like that. But I think there will be the more realistic they get, the less taboo it will yeah. kind of be. And I think, I do think. Do you it think there's going to be, be like a- prostitutes outraged that robots are taking their jobs? oh yes and these robots will just you'll have the uberfication of prostitution but with robots but they'll be classified as sex toys so it won't be prostitution ding 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 holy crap balls. imagine that you order like your robot who turns up in a driverless uber gets out she's a robot prostitute she gets in you do your thing it's already taking your payment. Like when you leave, it says, rate, rate five star. Do you want to leave her a tip? <laughs> or him. These robots. And then like an Uber, it leaves. Yeah, but, but, uh, you, you don't, but you wouldn't be giving the robot a tip. No, but the it's, it's, whoever, it's the factory that's created these robots. The company. Go, oh, yeah, no, that was his. So the company is the pimp for these robot prostitutes. Your, your Alice Model X is good. Yeah. Self-clean activated. Oh, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Man, why? <laughs> why would you? Oh, Jesus Christ! It just—it just throws a baby wipe at your face once you finish. <laughs> it just—it just fires out of his arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that was gross. Too far, sorry. That yeah, was—that was gross. Uh, so, on that bombshell, well, let's move on. <laughs> okay, so this week, millennials killed. This week, millennials killed the freaking doorbell. What did the doorbell do wrong? Nothing. It just sat there on the door, chilling, waiting to be pushed. <laughs> waiting to be pushed <laughs> by a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. Um, or, or some charity work. So millennials <laughs> want to do away with doorbells. Why do you yeah. think that is, Wayne? Well, the article that was on uh, Mashable, I think, made an interesting point. I, I understand the logic. I don't necessarily agree that the doorbell is going to die of death. <laughs> I just don't, I don't think, Doorbe- although, although you, you by your own admission, don't really use doorbells. Not really. I was saying to you the other day, like when we used to podcast at your house, I used to like get to your house and by the time, as I'm walking towards your door and usually I text you a little bit in advance so literally the door's open when I get there, I'd be like, when I'm outside and then by the time you've done your thing and got to the front door, I was at your door. So that was like ideal. And I think a lot of people do that nowadays where it's like, oh, I'm outside. And that's the way of saying instead of ringing a doorbell. Mm. So I don't really. I mean, if someone's house has got like a doorbell to buzz upstairs, you've got to do it. But 
probably yeah. in general. I only really do it when I'm going to someone's house for the first time and I'm not entirely sure which house it is. Mm. So I'll do it. So then hopefully they'll be at the door by the time I get by the house. So I'll be like, ah, that's the house. Because um, a lot of houses don't have door numbers on. Have you noticed this? Not really. It's not something There's a lot I of houses that just don't put door numbers on anymore. It's not helpful. Just <laughs> keep people like you it's away. Not- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe your, by default the, the house without the door it's, number. It's is your the friends who take down their door number, hoping you don't turn up. Like Wayne's coming over, get the screwdriver out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just maybe. see you walking up and down the street. Yeah, actually, turn up. Scratching my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I think that the doorbell is here to stay. It seems like such a really pathetic conversation to be having, but I feel like the doorbell's here to stay. One thing I was I think it's ingrained in us. One thing I was saying, especially around millennials, I think a lot of the time as well, millennials seem <gasps> to be sorry. Carry on. <laughs> I just had I just realized something that might happen. Uh, okay. Millennials tend to be quite like antisocial in some ways. So I think a lot of the time they don't like to go into a conversation that they didn't sort of plan for. Mm. And so I know back in the day when my friends used to come over, they used to have a little sit and chat with my mom or my dad or my sister and have a little chat about what's going on while I'm upstairs getting ready. And so I think nowadays, I think millennials don't really, especially if millennials are kind of in flat shares with like six other people, I think they might be a bit nervous to think, oh, if I ring the bell, someone's going to come to the door that I didn't expect and I'm going to have to have a conversation with them. That's going to be really awkward because what if I say the wrong thing and what if they don't like me and what if I... And so I think people actually get probably... A lot of millennials probably get like anxious of thinking I'm going to knock on someone's door and I, I, I maybe the person who I'm going to meet is not the one that's going to answer. And I think that could cause a reason why maybe millennials are saying, do you know what? I'm not going to ring the bell. I'll just text them and they'll come down and get me. Saves any of these complications happening. Or if that's millennials just overthinking as they do... And building something up into a bigger problem than it actually is. Yeah, I think there's an element of that. I don't think there is a problem with a doorbell. I feel like the people that are going, I don't want a doorbell, are the people that are really antisocial, as you kind of said. Um, but I just had an idea. Okay. So, and I don't know because uh, Amazon have just bought a company called Ring. You come up with an, an actual device. Are you, a smart. Is this doorbell. live product development? Well, it could be, but I imagine this has probably already been done. But. Here's my concept. Because of what you're saying about texting people, we have geolocation on our phone. And a lot of smart products are based off geolocation, right? Mm. Well, what if when you send like an invite to somebody to come around their house, you can hook up the geolocation. So when they get to the end of your street, your doorbell or your phone Mm. goes off going there here. So then by the time you get to the door, like with Uber, right? Mm-hmm. It always goes, oh, they're about a minute away. And that's yeah. the point where you go, right, time yeah. to go. Yeah. So the Uberfication, if you will, of the doorbell, which is then kind of like their, their one minute but will away. will it like automatically unlock or will it, the person will come down before you got there? It could automatically unlock, but so there's a lot safety. of security problems because you just start stalking people's friends. So just basically if Apple built in, all right, I'm coming around your house at this time, mm-hmm. it will let, I would say share location on this mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. As soon as I'm on that journey, like half an hour before that journey, it starts telling that person where I'm at. Yeah. By the time I get near to your door, it says Gem's two minutes away. Yeah. Gem's outside. They could build that into the Find My Friends app. They have, they have that There app. you go. So Wayne's just come up with some live, the doorbell, you're dying. Wayne's just dug a knife in your doorbell mm-hmm. heart, twisted it, so, so I'm actually changing my perspective. I think the doorbell could go, but not entirely. <laughs> the doorbell will evolve, I think. Smart doorbells. It'll be a smart doorbell, which is exactly what Amazon have just bought with Ring. I'm going to have to look into Ring because I'm not entirely sure 
what it does. A lot of these smart doorbells are more just kind of like, oh, they've got a camera on it, and then they and then when somebody rings your doorbell, then you can look at the live feed. So rather than having to look through like a a peephole, a mm. spy hole, or whatever you want to call it, um, you can just look on your phone, and you can often there's a microphone, so you can talk to them. Um, kind of like the old school buzzer, but it's hooked up to your phone rather than something on the wall. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what Ring is doing differently, so I'd have to look in. They're probably doing exactly what I've just said because it's such a brilliant fucking idea. We'll, we'll share some articles on that. Yeah. So let us know. Do you still ding the doorbell? <laughs> Do you still ding dong? <laughs> Do you still ding the donger? <laughs> um, cool. So before we wrap up, Jem, uh, uh, let's go into the book club. talk about uh 21 rules for life which we took the quote from at the beginning by jordan b peterson yes take it away yeah he's quite a controversial figure he's actually built up a lot of like youtube following for some good reasons some bad reasons you have to check him out and decide what you think about him but um yeah you listen to this one on audible at the moment and um one thing that really stands out for me in this book is it's a really interesting book it actually is probably a little too religious for me which i didn't expect because he never mentions that on like youtubey stuff but um one thing he says about nowadays he's, he's very against this sort of all left like the extreme left which again i don't want to get into politics but it's just an interesting view that he has on it he's not saying that he's right wing he's open he's as i say that quite at the beginning he's all about conversation he's all about seeing like the the moral way of doing things one thing he said that's kind of stuck with me and i've been kind of like saying it to everybody else around me is this idea about having everybody's equal everybody should have rights but it has to come with responsibility and i was speaking to wayne about this earlier i think it's an interesting way of looking at things like everybody has the right to certain things but then we have to be responsible citizens so that this can be it can actually happen for everybody so these things are available i'm not going to go into too much because it could get very political um Again, yeah, he talks about like ethics of living, uh, morals, um, living well. He does talk a lot about the Bible and obviously the stories of the Bible and how um, they kind of lead into people living more responsible lives. And the stories that are in there have been passed down for centuries. And so they're kind of codes of living. Again, I'm not a religious person, but I do believe in some of the actual morals that are in these books. All different religious books have very good morals as well. So I just think it's a really interesting book. I think, number one, you should just jump onto YouTube and just check out some of his videos. A lot of them have gone viral for good reasons, bad reasons. Just check it out. Super. Um, So if you have any thoughts on anything that we have talked about today, if you think the doorbell is going to die out, or even if you have a very strong view that the doorbell should stay. (laughs) Uh, Strong views, very much uh, welcome. Um, Or indeed on dating robots. I'm glad we're talking about very very important issues. I know. I feel like... We're covering the things that matter most. That's it. Who needs mainstream media when you have the Powerful Nonsense podcast? Uh, (laughs) We are talking about things that matter. (laughs) Maybe that should be our new tagline. (laughs) Talking about the real stuff. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> if you have any views on those please hit us up on twitter at pn underscore podcast powerful at powerful underscore nonsense on instagram or you can email us wayne at powerful nonsense.com or gem at powerful nonsense.com spelled c-e-m and please leave us a review we've done 205 episodes now um we should have more reviews so uh if Just you've got at- any value from any of the episodes that we've put out all 205 of them uh, then please <laughs> any of them leave a review five stars or more would be greatly appreciated 
you're going to have to figure out how to get home, mate, because the snow is seriously coming down. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that. I was trying not to think about it. Thanks. Just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, no, thanks, dude. Good luck, mate. Yeah, cheers, bud. Because I don't want you snowed in at mine. <laughs> you need to get the fuck out now. <laughs> Run. Run, boy. And on that note, I'm going to... I've uh... got a couple of tennis rackets next door. <laughs> we'll, we'll duct tape them to your feet. <laughs> thanks, dude. I've got you, man. I've got you. <laughs> now get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> uh, right, I'm going to go find a shovel and uh, uh, I'll catch you next time. See you later.